a dollar for extra butter for your pancakes at a breakfast joint. Come on, world. What are we doing? This is a real thing that's happening. This came across my desk. There is a um, a food influencer. He's like a food critic on TikTok that uh, vi- recently visited a, a different city, uh, Atlanta. He was in Atlanta, and he was reviewing a breakfast place. And he got takeout so nobody would see him and asked for, like, extra butter, I guess, with the takeout. And they wanted to charge him a dollar for extra butter. Of course, he put that in his review. Uh, But I'm shocked to see in the piece in the New York Times that people are charging, you know, 75% for extra sauce, whatever sauce was on your meal. Okay, well, that'll be enough charge, 75%. Or, you know, you want extra, I don't know, I don't think they charge for ketchup yet, but it could happen. And I am shocked that this is a thing. First of all, they're already charging an extra fee for, you know, the healthcare of the workers, which again, we have to pay now 4 or 5% in most places, to get them health care. Great, we want them to have health care. But really, now you're going to charge us a dollar for butter? What is going on? And by the way, that's where I'm going to draw the line. That's not okay. We're going out to a restaurant. We're tipping. We're paying your extra service fees and your taxes. Please, we just want extra butter. Six five one four six one nine two two six. What's the most egregious upcharge that you have seen. The texts are coming in fast and furious. Charlie, I'll give you the um, the floor. Have you seen this? Have you been upcharged? I, I have. And sometimes I'm like, it absolutely is happening and it annoys the crap out of me. Sometimes I'm like, how much butter did they give this guy to begin with? You know, are they slopping the butter on? Is it a ton of butter? And they're like, extra butter? Really? We're, oh. That's a dollar for you because that's a lot of butter. This mm. is for your health. No, I mean, it, it does happen and it's happening more and more. It's I don't know if it's a uh, a part of shrinkflation. That's a, a buzzword that's been around um, mm-hmm. where, you know, things are the same price but they're smaller. I guess this isn't really exactly that. But, no, I, you absolutely see this at – I mean it started a few years ago at least where in my recollection at like fast food places, it would be – you know, you'd get maybe one little cup of sauce or two cups of sauce but then anything more is extra that will actually charge you for it. The one place that doesn't do that, still Jordana, though, Taco Bell. They just go Ooh. handfuls of sauce in your bag. You're going to get as really? much dang sauce as you want at Taco Bell. At least the ones I, I go to. I will say that somebody wants uh, – it was our boss, Brad. He came in yesterday and he said the best value, the most food for your money still remains Taco Bell. Is that, I've never eaten at Taco Bell. Is that true? Oh, yeah. It's still very cheap. It's all the same thing. Really? I There's like – pescatarian vegetarian options jordana i think really? you might like it i think they can take the cheese out if you want some bean burritos yeah. right yeah i you know what nice. i like i like the chili cheese burrito it's not on the menu but they do make it for you the chili cheese burrito there you go oh, taco yeah. bell might be the only place we can afford at some point uh so the, the texts are shocking actually this one blew me away i have been charged for ice in my cocktails I actually responded to this person. I wrote, no. And they said, yes, in a straight vodka drink. And we all know you can't drink warm vodka, you guys. We uh, Come on. It has to be very cold. So unless you have a chilled glass at the ready, which, again, you're using ice anyway, it has to have like a giant ice cube in there. So really? Somebody charged you for ice in your drink? Stop it. 
Um, hey, Jor, Popeye's charged me 70 cents for extra pickles on my chicken sandwich. That's a lot. That's a lot. Even for, I'm not sure how much a Popeye's chicken sandwich is. Is it like seven bucks? Uh, yeah, just the sandwich is like seven, eight bucks. Yeah. Okay. That makes not sense. Not cheap, but, but uh, yeah. And another 70 cents? That's 10%. You know, for extra pickles? Come on. Pickles are still cheap, guys. Wow. I am shocked. Hey, Jor, food waste is a huge issue. Skip something else to get the extra butter. All right. Well, food waste, that's a whole different story. Uh, guys, my husband likes ice in his drink. He has been charged for his on the rocks. So yeah. this is a thing. That ice thing, wow. that that would drive me nuts. I am a big ice guy. Huge ice guy. I need, first thing I look at in a new place, does it have an ice maker? Is it a nice ice maker? Uh, if this somebody's charging me for ice, I may I may rebel. That's a problem. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you might want to make sure the vodka's not watered down in that drink. Be careful. Uh, hey, Jor, I ordered scrambled eggs with less than a tablespoon of chopped onions on the top. They charged $1.80 for the onions at Perkins. <sighs> I'm sorry. Uh, Jorb, uh, this is from Paul in Coon Rapids, being charged extra chocolate to be added to something when they never add enough chocolate in the first place. Amen, Paul. Uh, there is never enough chocolate. So I get it. Wow, this is really interesting. Love the chili cheese burrito, by the way. This is for you, Charlie, yeah, at Taco oh, yeah. Bell. Nothing better. <laughs> Us chili heads stay uh, together. There you go. Uh, salad dressing, a dollar each for more. See, that, that's the thing. Like, a dollar is a lot. If people say, oh, it's 25 cents, you know, it's 20, because yeah, sure, it's it's more that they have to give you, certainly for takeout, if they have to give you an extra container. You know, restaurants have to pay for that, those little uh, round containers with the plastic top. That is a, a fee that they incur. They have to pay for that. I get that. But a dollar for extra salad dressing? And if, if you're in the restaurant, like that's why, you know, the drink with the, with the vodka. I don't necessarily believe that there should be a huge upcharge. Yeah. Maybe twenty five cents. And and look, I'm not saying if you add a, a side of salmon or shrimp to a salad, that's totally different. Totally different. You know, that's like a whole other side. Yes, you should be charged for that. But my God, friends, some ketchup mm-hmm. or some salad dressing or some butter. Stop it. And my understanding, though, is that. These are these are additions, right? So you have the meal. It may have a sauce on it. It may have stuff that comes with it. This is this is a on top of that thing, which still, you know, in America, obviously, we are very used to. Well, that's free refills for drinks free. And I completely think it still should be. I think that should still be something that businesses keep doing. It's not exactly uncommon, though, around the world. Right. I mean, in Europe, Mm -hmm. everything is an extra charge from Mm -hmm. water to to whatever you may think of is an extra charge. So we're seeing a little bit of that. I'm not liking it, but it's not exactly crazy, crazy. But they don't tip in Europe. You know, so true. Good point. It's a little different. There's no tipping in Europe. Uh, Wow. Your texts are blowing me away. I didn't realize this was such an issue. Uh, went to a local bar, wanted olives in my beer. Okay, well, maybe we need to discuss that. Why Why did you want – is that a you thing, never heard that? Yeah. Yeah, a little oh, brine. Oh, it's a thing? Yeah. You get a little, a, oh, okay. A little so olives, some me. brine. Cool. I mean, picklebacks, it's a similar thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so this person wanted olives in their beer. Uh, they said they charged them 50 cents per olive. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Stop it. Don't do that. Let the guy have his beer. Crooks of Crocus Hill in Edina charges a 20% fee for a sandwich out of the case for takeout. 
I mean, I guess that's the tip, right? That's like the service fee and the tip all in one. Not that you should be charged. Not that even you should have to pay a tip for a a sandwich out of the case. That's insane. But I get that. That's that's happening everywhere. I'm talking about charging extra. And who knows? Maybe there's a 20% fee for them physically taking it out. But um, charging extra, like you order pancakes and you want extra butter or extra syrup. Or, you know, you have something and you want some hot sauce. If it's not on the table, they charge you extra for the hot sauce. I think we're, we're... it's going too far, friends. It's like ruining the whole dining experience. Someone says they charge you more for onions if it's inclu- <clears throat> if you want extra, but if you say no onions, your cost is not reduced. Excellent I, point, Texter. Yeah, right? I guess you can put that in the system some way, right? I'm trying to think of like how would they reduce the price of the menu item? Other than like having to manually do it. You know, there's all these complicated systems in the front of house now. I get that. Yeah, I order things without cheese. I know cheese is an expensive item, but that's okay. I I don't say take it off my bill. You just chalk it up. No cheese. That's it. Uh, Let's see. It was, this texture says, it was strawberry month at Perkins. We took our two-year-old grandson for breakfast. We asked for a few extra berries for his pancakes. And they brought the berries in a dish and charged us $2. That's a lot for strawberries. I feel like aren't Even, berries expensive? Okay, but it was strawberry month at Perkins. I'm trying to think of like what if Come I went on. to the store, what is five strawberries compared to the box of strawberries that I get? That doesn't seem that crazy. Yeah. Am I wrong? Okay, well, we're going to disagree on this one, Charlie. I'm all for free transportation, but I also want free strawberries. No, I do too. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with you. I just understand where the business are coming from i still think they're wrong someone is saying got jor on the rocks is a charge for a larger pour of liquor not the ice but i do think that the texture and that's okay i get that if, if you're getting a larger pour but the texture before said when he asked for ice in his drink he was charged for the ice so i think there is a differentiation but i understand and thank you for the education on the larger chore uh, on the larger pour um, I'll leave you with this. Hey, Jor, $2.50 for an extra plate plus a dollar more for extra dressing. Wow. So I guess if you're going to – and there are fees like that. Like when you go to a fancy restaurant, if you're going to split a dish, you know, there is a, a split fee. And maybe that was this, $2.50 for an extra plate. I wonder if you were – if you had already ordered two entrees and were looking like for an extra plate or if you were splitting an entree. They might charge you for that. And I, you know, it's, it's hard to be in the restaurant business these days. That's a tough one. But friends, a dollar for butter, that's where I'm going to have to draw the line. Pitching for Dear Jordana, 651 That's coming up at 1135. And I want to say congratulations to Kathy. Kathy won those Elvis tickets. She is going on January 14th to see Memories of Elvis. You can join her, ticasino.com for more tickets. We'll be right back. Advice. Yeah, sometimes it's not great, but it's honest, my friends. It's coming up. Dear Jordana, 651-461-9226. Uh, I want to remind you, I had a great conversation with Itai Tannenbaum. He is current. He is a, a, a um, podcaster and he owns a tour company in Israel. He's an historian as well. I had that conversation at 935. I will be, um, you can get it if you didn't get to hear it this morning. Please follow the Adam and Jordana podcast anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, wherever you go. Um, I will also put it on my Instagram, um, which is Jordana Verde. And for those of you, I'm, you guys know I am a, 
a staunch Zionist, a proud Jew. And again, the definition of Zionist is somebody who believes in Israel's right to a homeland, Israel's right to exist. Um, I do a lot of advocacy on my Instagram. I do try to cover it on this show, but I understand there are other things to to talk about. Yes, I, thank you. Uh, there's other things to talk about on the show, but I try to cover uh, the Israel-Hamas war as much as I can and um, s- sort of shed some light on that. You know, my Twitter handle was Minnesota's Jewish friend. Now you can say you have one. I often feel that sometimes I am the only voice that some Minnesotans, not all, of course, that some Minnesotans hear from a Jewish perspective. So I am, I'm happy to share that with you. I'm proud. I'm also happy to answer any questions. If you guys have a question, and, and people do this, they'll come in through my website. My website's jordanagreen.com. They'll ask me a question. My email here, I'm always open, jordana.green at odyssey.com. If you have a question, someone asked me a question about anti-Semitism, they did it on the text line. So email me. Uh, and um, I, I will hopefully try. I can't really explain anti-Semitism, but I'll try. But, um, you know, it's always something that's in the back of my mind. I don't want to inundate you on this show. But I am a, a follower of this war because I can't escape it. So many of my family and friends have been affected. And I am doing the best I can on Instagram to share thoughts, to share important posts, to share truths, to share explanations and experiences with people that I am in constant contact with. So um, that was a good conversation. Again, I'll post it on Insta, but you can always find it where you get podcast, Adam and Jordana podcast. His name was Itai Tannenbaum. And um, follow me on Insta and we can continue that conversation. If you have any questions, I don't want you to hesitate. There are no stupid questions at this point because I am witnessing a mass miseducation of people about Hamas, about terrorism, about the history, the 3,000 year history of what is happening currently in the Middle East of Judea and Samaria. And um, I don't have all of the answers, but we can find them together and we can do that offline and online. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody looking for more answers or looking for some more updates. Um, I spend the rest of my day doing that on Instagram. Uh, when we return, we will lighten it up. Yeah, sure, you can ask me questions about Israel, <laughs> dear Jordana, but boy, it's really, that brings the energy down. But feel free, it is your segment, 651-461-9226. Uh, we'll lighten it up. Dear Jordana is next. All right, Charlie, I know we have a couple on the text line. We have a couple that were previously emailed. Um, you get to decide, 651-461-9226. Where should we begin? Yeah, we're going to start out here on the text line. I'll read this to you. Dear Jordana, I am involved in a marriage for the past 20 years. In the first 10 years, I was severely alcoholic. And in the past four years, I've been clean and sober. I understand that I was emotionally unavailable to my partner for the first 10 years of marriage. I am now finding out that my wife for the past two years has an emotional partner that has fe- that she feels connected to outside of our marriage. We have done counseling to no avail. We have a 15-year-old daughter. I'm struggling as to what to do at this point. Do I forgive her and tell her to cut off the relationship, or do I end the marriage? Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. First of all, good job getting sober. Um, Can you forgive her? And is she willing to cut off the relationship? 
I think that's also the key. Your wife has been in an emotional relationship because you've been emotionally unavailable for 10 years. So she looked elsewhere for her emotional support. If, and now, good job getting yourself together. If she is willing to forgive you and start again, I do believe in redemption. I do believe that you can try it. You're a different person. Maybe she can turn over a new leaf. But if she's not willing... It's really up to her, my friend. If she's not willing, then your marriage will never be anything other than a shell because she's been getting her needs met elsewhere outside of the marriage. And um, that's a conversation. If she is willing to cut off and she needs to totally cut off that relationship, um, then I say, absolutely, you forgive her, you go forward, and you try to salvage what you can. Not all marriages are salvageable. I'm on my second. Not all marriages are salvageable. If one is unwilling to do the work, then you can't have a healthy marriage. So ask her. And then if you can find it in your heart to forgive, do so. Forgive yourself too. Forgive her. And hopefully you can have a marriage that you, you didn't even imagine was possible because it will be so rich and full of understanding and connectedness and redemption. So I wish that for you. Hopefully, I started off with the hardest one there, Jordana. That was a that, that was, was a hard toughie. one. That was a toughie. That's that a, was hard. That was a yeah. difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you look mm-hmm. at it. We'll go back to the text line here for number two, dear Jordana. What do I do about a neighbor who takes the most innocent and mundane things you tell her and repeats those all over the neighborhood? Uh, the other people have no reason to know, and they likely don't care. For example, I told her about some things I'm selling for a Christmas bouquet. Uh, boutique, I should say. Mm-hmm. And she repeated it to four other people. I'm trying to really be careful about what I tell her. What should I do? Ugh, such a yenta. Uh, we are, first of all, if you're trying to sell something for a boutique, maybe she was trying to promote it. So may, oh, look on the bright side, right? She's, she's sharing your information because she's wanting to get your stuff sold. I, I don't know. But I, we all have that nebbishy neighbor, right? That's like you, anything you tell them, they're like a sieve. Um. I mean, you could play a joke and tell her something crazy and she'll repeat it. But this is a lesson in restraint, my friends. You cannot control the Yenta next door. You just can't. You need to stop talking to her. Stop telling her stuff. That's it. Be done. If you don't want her sharing, she obviously can't control herself, nor does she want to. You're done. Cut her off. Or maybe tell her something um, like... I'm trying to think of something that would like embarrass her by the retelling and somebody would say that wasn't true, but you don't want to embarrass somebody. That's against Torah. Don't do that. Cut her off. Stop talking. Zip your mouth. Drink more coffee. If you have to be with her, don't talk to her. Let her be done. All right. We're going to move over to the emails here. Keep texting those 651-461-9226 if you've got anything to ask Jordana, but let's check out an email. Should I resume my friendship with someone who won't stop trying to dissuade me from taking the medication I need? She keeps trying to get me off my depression meds, but I really need them. No. See, okay, there, uh, Charlie, do you have these people in your life? This, right? They're like, oh, you should get off dairy. Or, yeah. oh, you should do yoga. Or you should, right? Those people that are always trying to manage someone else's life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's almost as worse as the Yenta neighbor. No, 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 no. You need to get this person out of your life, especially if they're advocating for you not doing something healthy for you. Can you imagine if somebody said to me, don't take chemotherapy, don't get a bone marrow transplant because that's not good for you? Oh, my gosh. You need your depression meds. You need your you need your Lexapro, just like you need your statins for your heart. Whatever is between you and your doctor, you take. This is a person you need to remove. They're... It's like an energy vampire. This person is sucking the life out of you 
and giving you bad advice so they don't honestly care about your well-being. Drop them like a bad habit. All right. Let's keep going with some of these emails. You'll like this one, Jordan. I can already tell. My fiancé plans to quit his job since I inherited a small fortune. I don't want him to for obvious reasons. What should I do? Speaking of dropping something like a bad habit, honey, what? why are you even asking me this question? This is insane. Prenup, prenup, prenup. Unacceptable. And not even the prenup. There needs to be a division of expenses. This is your fiance, okay? I don't, I don't know if you guys live together. Maybe you do. But at this point, before any marriage, before this continues, you need to set a budget. This is what I'm paying for each month. This is what you're paying for each month. And if you have inherited a home where this person does not have to pay rent or a mortgage, they should be paying the taxes on the house or they should be paying, I mean, unless you agree different differently, something, you know, as a rent or a uh, something like that, especially if they are going to not work and you want them to. This is not okay. This was not their inheritance. It is your inheritance. I should go so far as to say that clearly you are not aligned on finances or values. You should not be getting married. Do not marry this person until there is a full prenup and there is a budget that that person continues to pay into every month. Please, red flag, woo, siren, alert, alert. I wish I could jump through the microphone right now and shake you out of this. Um, proceed with caution. If not, get rid of him unless he has a serious talk with you about finances and you get this settled before the ring goes on. Man, this woo. is one that kills me. I wish we woo. had more information. I, man, woo. this is one where I'm like, ugh, send me no. another email. Send me, send me a little bit more information. Yeah. I want to know everything that's happening with this couple. Not okay. I wonder if he's like, I, I, in my mind, he's pursuing his passion of playing acoustic guitar. That's what I imagine is going on with. Uh, well, if with the they fiance. agree with that, if she says, oh, I'll support you because people support well, you without sure. getting a, a huge inheritance. You know, of course, if you're a musician and that's your thing and that's what they agree on. Great. I'm not going to judge that. But she says yeah, it's my understanding agree. in the email. She doesn't want him to quit his job. Right. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. No, you're you're you totally to out of the house. All right. Let's yeah. uh, let's let's finish off here with uh, another. Crazy. Email, shall we? How can mm-hmm. we console our daughter who's mad at us for surrendering the wolf pup that we accidentally adopted? Yes, we were on the side of the road and we saw what we thought was a puppy. And it was a puppy, but it was no dog puppy on the side of the road. We took it home. Turned out pretty quickly that it was a wolf. Uh, they're protected, obviously, so we have to surrender her. But how do we console our daughter? I think they stole the wolf more than adopted it, right? Okay, so you say, okay, you know what, Charlie? I shouldn't laugh so hard. Once I was walking, it was when Marley was a baby, so it was like 20 years ago. I was, she, she was in the stroller, and I had the dog, my old, my former dog, Casey, who's not with us anymore, uh, on a leash, and I was a young mother, and I was taking her for a walk in the stroller in the park, and it was Eden Prairie, so there's, you know, a lot of woods around uh, the park right by my house where I lived, and I see up ahead of us a dog it looked like a puppy sitting in the in the middle of the path the walking path it was just Mm -hmm. like a very small circle around a park where the kids could play and as i'm getting closer 
I'm going, oh my God, that puppy's so cute. But it's just sitting, looking at me, sitting a little <laughs> crooked and it was staring at me. And I'm like, he's cute, you know, ears up. And it, but it wasn't moving. Like a normal puppy would be like jumping around, you know, the pu- it was sort of just like, yeah. it was not excited to see us. It was just sort of like staring us down. And again, being from New Jersey, I'm, I'm not so great with the wildlife, but um, I realized very quickly that that was not a puppy, that it was a coyote. And it was a baby coyote because it wasn't big or it's anything. Cute. It was cute. Oh, yeah. But when you, I, I assumed as a, as a young mother, there would not be a baby without a mother nearby. So I needed to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. I literally scooped up the dog because she was his lunch. Uh, put her in the bottom of the stroller and I booked it, at, you know, turned around and booked it out of there. Um, so I quickly realized that that was not a dog. And they adopted this or took this wolf pup home. It was been living in the house now for a little while, right? Until they realized it was a wolf? Uh, yeah, they, they took it home and realized it was okay. a wolf after having it inside their house, yes. And now the daughter's mad. As um, you are as a child when they take away your pet. And thank you for identifying that because this is a dumb question. You're the grown-up. She is a child. You cannot raise a wolf who is probably a protected species anyway and one that would kill you in your sleep so or when you're awake. So um, hard pass. Uh, this is not about consoling your daughter. This is about being a parent and saying, we don't raise wolves and they are not pets. Full stop. Now go to the shelter and get the kid a dog or a cat or a fish or something like that. But this isn't about consolation. This is about being an an adult. Yeah. When my parents got rid of our menace of a puppy, we we threw shoes at them. Me and my Mm -hmm. sister, we Mm -hmm. we sat on the the landing and threw shoes and said, why are you getting rid of our puppy? That was a menace of a puppy that needed to be gotten rid of. Oh, my God. That bad? Oh, yeah. Like, like bit you or just me, drew blood, made me like climb up on the counter to get away from her. Uh, no, it was an absolute menace of a dog who went to win, live on the farm. But I think well, I was I was told I am still told that she actually is living on a farm. That may have been a lie. Oh, I don't yeah, know that farm. Really well, I think it's away. a real farm. Yeah. That's, that's a real. She was a so. Wait, did mess. you find this puppy on the side of the road? No, Charlie, no, 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 no. This was this was like <laughs> research done puppy thing. We were still not happy, but looking back, yeah, of course they had to get rid of the dog. I wasn't happy of about it for shoes, did, right? For your own safety, so the dog doesn't kill you. Oh my gosh, that's absolutely that is a funny story though, and and that's a true story about me seeing the coyote, and I oh, realized yeah. like, oh boy, I need to be. Very careful, because even if the coyote was sick and I tried to rescue it and be like a really good, you know, save the save the wolves person, I'm sure it probably it would have attacked me or the mother would have come. It would not have gone well for me. So better I turn tail. Uh, thank you for your dear Jordana. We didn't get to a lot of them today. Thank you for your dear Jordana comments uh, and your questions. And uh, thank you for letting me go off a little bit. It is 1148. That is a Lindis construction time check. Let me just get the right verbiage so Andy Lindis isn't mad at me. It's time to request your complimentary attic inspection. 
I am uh, looking. We had some breaking news here on the show that there is a location now a few blocks away from the former third precinct is going to be the the new police precinct in the third. You will um, hear more about that at the top of the hour in our local news because our newsroom is now covering that. That is good news that we needed a rebuilt third precinct. It is shocking that it has taken three plus years after uh, the riots burned that down post the murder of George Floyd. And um, thank goodness. So the people in that area will feel secure and safe, and there will be a security presence in the neighborhood. I am glad the city council could finally figure that out. Uh, I'm also looking at some breaking news here from NBC. This is my source, NBC. Uh, UN officials say hospitals in Gaza are running dangerously low. But NBC is reporting that Hamas is maintaining a stockpile of more than 200,000 gallons of fuel for the rockets it fires into Israel and the generators that provide clean air and electricity to fund its network of underground tunnels. That is according to U.S. officials, uh, other academics, and as well as current and former Israeli officials. So as I leave you, This morning, I'll be back tomorrow as I leave you. And as I have been for the last three days, I leave you and then I watch all the news networks and I communicate with friends that are fighting this fight against terror over in the Middle East. Um, I I leave you with that thought. I know you're seeing a lot of misinformation and willful disinformation. Uh, People are trying to confuse people who don't necessarily have a grasp of the history. And the history is hard. The history is challenging. It is a lot, and it's confusing. And there are many different takes on that. But we all want peace. But we also need sustaining peace. Nobody wants innocent people to die. But I urge you to understand what is truly happening. If Gaza, excuse me, if Hamas was really caring about the Palestinians, they would not be stockpiling the 200,000 gallons of fuel for rockets and not giving it to hospitals where children are injured and people can be dying. And when I see headlines like this, it's not something that we you know, cover every day here on our show. We try to talk about something every day. But this is just a blatant example. And this is NBC News, U.S. officials, academics um, is sharing this information that more than 200,000 gallons of fuel for rockets is going to funnel into the tunnels and the rockets that are continually being bombarded into Israel instead of helping the hospitals or helping people put gas in their cars so they can move south if they can't walk the 13 miles to the south to be free or to at least be safe from the bombardment from Israel. I just, I get frustrated. I want people to know the truth. I understand that President Joe Biden is calling for a humanitarian pause in Gaza to get aid to people. We now know hundreds of aid trucks are being let in. We also know hundreds of people have been allowed to leave through the Egyptian border, which was also closed off to Gaza because they do not want terrorists in the country of Egypt. Either So thankfully, dual passport holders and hopefully more innocent people will be allowed to leave. I also want to leave you with the main goal is getting the hostages back. Israel has said that if Hamas surrenders and returns the hostages, the bombing stops. Done. Imagine if you had the power to stop all of that. 
all of that could be finished. All of that could be stopped. Uh, people would not be in harm's way if you just surrendered and gave the hostages back. It seems like a very simple solution. And I hope one that happens very, very soon. Uh, okay, moving on. Sorry. I'm Thank you for the opportunity to share that with you, those thoughts. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Adam and I will be back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk with Tim Lammers, movies and streaming. This week, we watched The Fall of the House of Usher, which is an amazing series. Uh, we really like that. We'll ask Tim what he thinks about that. And my personal side note, Charlie, I don't know if you're watching this one. Over the summer, I listened to the audiobook uh, Lessons in Chemistry. It's a New York Times bestseller. So I have convinced Mark to watch that with me, and we are really enjoying it. It's a little bit lighter. There's some sadness about it. It's really a love story and about women's rights and uh, it's a throwback to the 60s. So that's been a fun sort of escape from reality that I have been enjoying. Jordana, did you watch any more of House of Usher? I haven't yet, I but I will. I watched two more last night. <gasps> I did. And yeah, no, it's really, I mean, it's, I like well done television and it's well done yeah, television. Even, even sometimes when I don't love the storyline, which I do like the storyline here, don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. you can tell there's a lot of thought, there's a lot of effort, there's good acting, it's good scenery, it's good script. It's just it's well done. And I, I can always appreciate that regardless of if I love the storyline or not. Well, I do love the storyline and I will be watching. Me too, me too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Chad Hartman is next, everyone. So is the news. Have a great, safe and peaceful day and I will see you tomorrow at 9.